Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Three, two, one. Cue the music. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie in a Pod. I am Clyde Smith. I am Javier Villalobos. On this week's episode, we are discussing the trailers for Nightmare Alley, Silent Night, and our movie of the week, Ghostbusters. Alright man, Thanksgiving week. Literally dropping this episode is dropping on Thanksgiving Day. Or because the banks are closed, do we gotta drop it on Wednesday or Friday? How does that work? Well, we might have to push it to Friday, because you know if the if the banks ain't cutting my check, <laughs> I ain't working. It ain't working out. Saying. It ain't working out. Now guys, uh <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hope y'all enjoy Gobble Gobble Day. JV, how we doing, man? Doing great, dude. How was your weekend? Pretty good, man. Got to do a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, bro. It was a jam-packed Friendsgiving, dinner with some friends on Friday yeah. night, Friendsgiving on Saturday night, Panthers game on Sunday, little after Panthers partying, after the Panthers lost. Okay. It was a lot, man. You know, saw a dope-ass movie with you that we're going to talk about today, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Good time. Let me ask you this, man. Because it's Thanksgiving, right? What is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Like, obviously, we're recording this pod live. So after we get done with this pod episode, you're going to go eat. Uh, what are you going to eat? Like, what, what are you very looking forward to? <laughs> <laughs> live pods sent out the same day, ladies uh, and gents. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to one of my favorite things is like a maple glazed ham. Oh, we always get like the the spiral cut ham, mm, humongous one. Fire, so good, so good. I eat so much turkey the rest of the year. That's not really like a, 
like like a staple for us here is not I mean we still make a turkey. Yeah. I don't really eat it. But I go I go down with my ham. It's amazing. Good deal. So much ham. Good deal, man. Good <laughs> deal. Oh, dude, I am looking forward to um mac and cheese, collard greens, yeah, and stuffing. I, I don't really need like turkey or, or ham or my grandmother does this dope like chicken as well. She does this like chicken and noodle mix yeah. as well, but like I really don't need that, bro. I just, I come for the sides, okay? I have a plate of sides. Well, that's the thing. You you, you have a plate and it's just sides. <laughs> and then it's just like a little bit of that, of the meat, right? Yep. You got to have a little bit of it. <laughs> just, to, but, just to take a picture yeah. for the gram or something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do the mac and cheese and uh, mashed potatoes. Well, actually, like uh, cream cheese mashed potatoes. Ooh. Ooh, are you in charge of cooking the best, anything? The best kind of mac. for the day. I make the mac and cheese. Okay, and I'll probably make the 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 mashed potatoes as well. Nice, nice, nice. So I made Thanksgiving dinner last year for the COVID, and okay. we had a few people over here at the house. Um, I cooked everything. It was my first Thanksgiving dinner, so I was pretty uh, you know, old pat on yeah. the back there. Nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> hey man that's what i do bro. i fell down in the kitchen yams everywhere all right man <laughs> all right buddy so um since you a few trailers here uh let's discuss nightmare alley the guillermo del toro flick what are your thoughts i think this this particular trailer was actually pretty fantastic yeah like i still don't know what's going on but I really want to see this movie now to figure it all out. One hundred percent, dude. I mean, looks like a lot of action, maybe a little bit of a murder mystery, right? Maybe, maybe not necessarily murder, but there's something going on behind the scenes, obviously, that we got to figure out. And I want to know what's happening. Yeah, you know, you have a very uh, sexy cast, man. Bradley Cooper. I mean, <laughs> come on, dude. It's Bradley Cooper, bro. And we got two. Uh, the sexiest men alive on this pod. All right, Bradley Cooper and Mr. Rudd. <laughs> All in one episode? Sorry, people. Sorry, everybody, okay? <laughs> this one looks dope, man. I. It's like he starts out as a carny, but it, can he read people's minds? Can he see the future? You don't really know what his power is from this, so that's what's the cool thing about this trailer. There's just so much left to the imagination that you're just trying to, you're just like hooked and you got to figure out what's going on and you want to find out and you want to be a part of the, the unraveling of this guy's story and what happens, right? There is some blood on the wall. Like he smeared it. Did he kill somebody? Did he find a bloody dead body? Um, I I don't know, man, but I am really excited for this. Guillermo del Toro is a fantastic director. Mm -hmm. This looks dope, man. This looks really dope. And you know, like Guillermo does in in his movies, he's going to scare you at some point in time. Don't know how, don't know when, but he's going to scare you. And if you're in the theater, everybody's going to jump at the same time, man. He is just great at that. So. Yeah. All right, man. So I sent yeah. I sent you a weird trailer here. There's a lot of good people in this that I really like. Uh, the kid from Jojo Rabbit is what really stuck out. But I sent you the trailer for Silent Night. 
Mm-hmm. A little off. I'm sorry, but know. what were your thoughts, brother? Talk to me. Kind of a, a weird thing, right? Was it the you know this this apocalypse or this thing's coming? What do you do, right? Nobody knows how to stop it. What do you do? You're gonna just hang out, you're gonna party hard, you know? <laughs> you know what? What are you supposed to do, right? And it's like these these people are just spending their last time together, and they've all kind of come to the conclusion that this is happening. Ain't nothing we can do about it. Yeah, it's, the, it's just uh, it's the end of times. Pretty much just waiting it out, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I like it how it's it's wrapped up in Christmas. Um, and, you know, they, they're getting together for the holidays and there's this yeah. thing that's just kind of heading towards them or the city or wherever that they are. And it's almost like they have to, whatever drama is happening amongst all the friends and family and everything they're you know, it feels like it's going to get worked out in this in the most like highbrow British way ever. But you know what, man? I don't know if this is a me in the theater type movie. Yeah. But this is definitely like uh oh man, it's Friday, Saturday night, not doing anything. Oh, this is on the this is on the telly. This is on the stream. I said telly like they say it over there in British. So Yeah. Uh I liked it. already already taken over. So um yeah. but no man, I I'll, I'll definitely <laughs> check this one out. It's something I'm not gonna be like, ooh, in the theater for uh, but it looks cool, man. I might, yeah, yeah. I might watch it. You know, if if I'm bored or something. All right, JV, let's go ahead and jump into our movie of the week, man. We got Ghostbusters Afterlife. Starting us up a little bit here. So this movie is directed by uh, Jason Reitman. This movie did come out this year. Obviously, what, last Thursday, Friday? So, you know, 2021. For all of our auditors out there. A week ago... <laughs> we we put in we put in the uh year okay we can't miss that so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh directed by jason reitman who is the son of the original og triple og ivan reitman who directed ghostbusters right. one and two this was written by jason reitman and gil kennan this one had a 75 million dollar budget and so far on the webs it's saying about 60 mil so far uh, starting in this one, we have Carrie Coon as Callie Spangler, Paul Rudd as Gary Gruberson, uh, Finn Wolfhard as Trevor Spangler, McKenna Grace as Phoebe Spangler, uh, Logan Kim as Podcast, uh, Celeste O'Connor as Lucky Domingo. I'm, I'm going to spoil everything right now. Do it. We got Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Ernie Hudson, Annie Potts, Sigourney Reaver <laughs> as all their original characters. I believe I'm pronouncing this right. Bokeem Woodbine. You are correct. As Sheriff Domingo. J.K. Simmons as uh, Ivo Shander. Yep. That was pretty cool to Still see. Still looking swole. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But a fun one I saw uh, I didn't really notice first was Josh Gad as the Muncher. The, really he was the voice of yeah he's the voice of muncher oh that's dope <laughs> and of course we have harold ramus interestingly as egon spangler rest in peace all right man um so let's just hop in into this one man we've yeah. been talking about uh plots of ghostbusters movies they don't change the plot's the same <laughs> we busted yeah. some ghosts guys okay yeah it's, it's all it's all the 
all comes down to that one thing at the end of the day. Yeah, man. Got to save the day from the ghost. So, all right, man. Um, This movie, <laughs> I walked out of the theater with you guys. I got in, in my car, and the first thing I thought about was Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Was the first thing I thought about, okay. right? And that's now what three, four, five years old now. This is a yeah, this is basically yeah, yeah. a really dope rehashing of an iconic movie, but with a twist and all the best cameos, man. Right? If you think about Star Wars: yeah, yeah. The Force Awakens, it's basically a New Hope, just on a on a bigger, grander scale. That's all th- this movie is as well. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Spangler's estranged daughter moves to, to moves to his dirt farm in Oklahoma with her kids, and they unravel the mystery of why <laughs> Spangler went out there away from his family and fellow ghost busting friends, right? Um yeah. this movie has a lot of heart. I really enjoyed that, you know, not only the ghost busting, but you know, it was a story about family drama and family strife and mm-hmm. uh you know, down on your luck and, and trying to be better. Uh, and that's the beauty of a Jason Reitman movie. He is really good at writing characters and making those, making you like those characters, even though those characters are down yeah. on their luck, right? Um, he's fantastic at that. And he brings that element to this movie. Like, strip away all the ghost busting and mythos and lore and cameos and stuff. This is just a Jason Reitman movie about a family who moves out to Oklahoma after the dad dies and they just unravel as to why he actually moved out here. That's a fantastic yeah. movie, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we, but we one upped it with like the ghostbusters mythos in it, which makes it 10 times better, mm-hmm. man. So, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I really enjoyed that, how you kind of got this movie that wasn't just another movie. Yeah. Right? We got 32 years between the last time we saw the Ghostbusters doing work and where they're at now. All that in between and all the the pieces that are put together as to why we have this movie now. I thought it was pretty, pretty awesome, man. Yeah. It, it was really cool, like... Like to actually get that get that reason why Ghostbusters one and two happened, yeah, right, or at least Ghostbusters, at least the first Ghostbusters. Yep. And we talked about some of this stuff too on the last pod. Uh, well, not the last, actually, on the answer to the call. Like we see more of the equipment. We see we see Ecto one actually being a character in the movie now. Yeah. Yeah. Before it was a cool car, you know, is a recognizable thing. But in this one, it's an actual character, you know, now up there with like, you know, DeLorean kit and those cars. It's got it's got its own thing going on. Fantastic. Yeah, man. So good. I this one, (laughs) I'm really excited that we went to go see this movie and that this was kind of the culmination, you know, the final destination where we wanted to be with, with this. Um, let's hop into these characters, man. Off the top, just the star of the movie, man. Uh, McKenna Grace as Phoebe Spangler, like literally the spitting image of Egon, right? (laughs) Uh, acts, walks, talks, you know, 
just like him, is the smartest person in in this movie. Shows literally no emotion. Um, not even like fear. That was the <laughs> that was the thing I really didn't. I guess I didn't put together with Egon as well in the movies. Uh, the rest of the guys showed fear, right? When they saw something yeah. or something was scary. Egon never did, and I didn't put that together until actually watching her performance. Because she gets into some really scary yeah. stuff, but she's never scared. And I'm like, oh, snap. If I remember correctly, I think she says something about that. What did she say? I think it was when uh, they were talking about her mom and uh, Gary trying to go out on a date or something. And she's like, yeah, you know, on the outside, it doesn't seem like much, but on the inside, I'm throwing yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess that not being able to show the emotions on the outside. Probably what Egon had to go through as well, right? He just kind of dealt with it. Yeah, man. So she is the the heartbeat of the movie. She takes us from from scene to scene, uh, place to place, and we unravel this mystery. You know, through her eyes, right? We're watching her when she is playing chess <laughs> with a with a ghost, right? When she has the the Ghost Finder app or whatever that thing is, right? Um, right. You know, she she's really I said Ghost Finder app, yeah. Uh, yeah. She, <laughs> she uh, might be our title. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you know, she you know she realizes that oh snap, there's a spirit in in, in here, and he's yeah. he or she is trying to show me things, and she realizes it's my Gramps. You know, by going down to his yeah. place where he does all experiments and, you know, seeing the proton pack and all that stuff. This is this is my, my grandpa. He's his ghost is in the afterlife and, he, and he's here. Yeah. And he's like totally cool with it. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, even though she doesn't know who it is right off the bat, yeah. she's just like, OK, here we are. Uh, let's follow these lights to this uh, hole in the ground. Yes. You know, immediately is. Just following his footsteps. Yeah. Steps right into his boots, is able to work on the proton pack and kind of able to get everything working, right? She sees his plan is just like it picked up right where he left off. Yeah. That's exactly what she did. Now that you, you know, said that, he he saw her and was like, you're just like me. The ghost of his ghost saw her when she walked in the house was like, you're just like me. Uh, we yeah. still got a job to do. We got some busting to do. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. you're going to help me out with that. Right? <laughs> and he, he <laughs> and he used her and that, that was really dope. Her character really never changed. It progressed of her finding out that like Egon Spangler is her father, something that her mother kept away from her. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but just her character progression. She stayed true to herself uh, she just got stronger. You know what I mean? Throughout the entire movie, yep. she just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And no matter like how many people thought she was weird or, or different, you know, she even cried at one time when her mom was like just talking down to her about, Hey, yeah. welcome to the family. You know, we're a bunch of assholes and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> she stayed true to herself, man. I, I thought that was yeah. really, really cool of her. She played a very strong character, the strongest in the movie, man. So highly recommend. Such a young talent too. Like I was looking at her filmography, and 
she's been in so many movies and TV shows. Wow. Okay. On the rise. Pretty crazy. Little fact here. Uh, she's actually young Captain Marvel in the Captain Marvel movie, if you didn't know that. Really? Oh, like in the when she's, she's playing like she's softball and and uh and yeah. on the racetrack and everything. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very dope. That was pretty cool. Very dope, man. Let's go over here to uh this this kid, Finn Wolfhard, you know, the guy who uh basically leads his uh brothers in Stranger Things. Uh he's already he's always he's already been a Ghostbuster, right? <laughs> He's done some crazy stuff already, yeah. And he's back. I was so. actually just watching that before we started the pod. Nice. <laughs> so we got, uh, yeah, so he's Trevor Spangler. He's uh, Phoebe's older brother who's a typical teenager who falls for this local girl at this burger joint. And at first he hates that they got to move out to Oklahoma, that they're there. You know, he's, you see him as a typical teenager. He's looking for service and his phone's not connected to anything. But he really, <laughs> you know, he really gets involved when he starts, you know, shining to this girl and the car. You know, he he really digs this car and feels a connection to this car, the Ecto One, and he just works on it, man. You know, if he's not at the if he's not at the burger joint working, he he's not flirting with that girl. He's working on this car. He wants to get this bad boy up and running, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that was a dope. Addition, yeah, because you got to have him do something, right? Like the the bulk of the story is yeah. is Phoebe, but the brother's out there, and you got to have him do something. She's not old enough to drive. Got to get the Ecto One involved somehow. Yeah, well, I think it's kind of a fun uh, piece in the team together. Yeah, thing, right? Yeah, you know, everybody's got their jobs to do, and they don't realize it, but that's what they're doing. Right, they're they're pulling together to become the Ghostbusters, essentially. Uh, so he's he seems like he's the driver, and that's like, yeah, <laughs> and that's like the fantastic writing, man. You know that that's what I really yeah. like is that it's just a really natural coming together of this new team, uh, just like they did in Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Right, that was a really natural put together of that team, um, and then Chewie comes aboard but you know he he's iconic chewy but that's beside the point though yeah. uh yeah. really liked uh finn in this role i wish he did a little bit more except for you know googly eyes at the girl and working on the car um i feel like even though he worked in the script i think it would have been nice to see him get a little bit more character development that would have been cool man because he's actually a really good like young actor but my my favorite character right here, man, uh, Logan Kim as podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dude. yeah, just a such a good like. Not I'm not gonna say sidekick, but such a good like opposite of Phoebe Spangler. Yeah, <laughs> right. He's really like all the emotion, and she's the. I don't really know. You know, she's just a straightforward, like keeps her head on the whole time. And he's freaking out doing everything else <laughs> for her pretty much. Yeah, man. He, uh, he's just though. If she's the heartbeat, right. Uh, he's the funny bone of this movie. He really is, man. <laughs> everything he does, the way he walks, uh, the way he just holds that mic, the way he talks into the mic, trying to, 
you know, mm-hmm. get some color about the situation that they're going through, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just a testament, right, oh, of man. of Jason using these these young actors and just you know putting them in the best position to succeed, right? Uh, when you're mm-hmm. a, when you're a director, especially when you're directing kids, and I'm talking like I've I've ever directed an episode of. Stranger Things or something. I, I have not. Maybe one day. Yeah, but, yeah. I saw, um, I saw you in the credits. <laughs> you know, but like you're almost you're almost like a, a like a sports coach, like a soccer coach, right, or like a football coach, mm-hmm. where you, it's your job to put these young actors, these young kids, no matter how talented they are, in the best position to succeed, to win the the game, the day, make a, a lasting impression. And what he did with Logan Kim. Man, that's just fun throughout, man. This kid was funny, cute, <laughs> made everybody laugh in the theater, mm-hmm. man. All his lines hit, like, at the right time. And mm-hmm. I was just yeah. like, okay, walking out of the theater, right? Okay, they, they, I see where it's starting to get a little convoluted when it comes to the characters. A lot of characters that are starting to pop up in this movie. Um, and I see where where Trevor was kind of pushed to the side a little bit, right? Like, he did have his little bit of time, but our big focus is on McKenna Grace, is Phoebe, and Logan Kim's podcast, right? Those are our two main characters, and we follow them through everything, man. It's just, to be a kid again is, is was the feeling watching these two, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing Carrie Coon as Callie Spangler, she is she is a middle-aged mom, single, hates her father, down on her luck, has no choice after he dies but to not only clean up his estate out there, but live out there, at least for the summer, right? <laughs> In Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, she's like, she thinks that this is going to be like her little, her little get out of, get out of trouble thing, right? She's got an inheritance. There's a house, a farm left to her. She gets out there and finds out it's not. It's just junked. <laughs> yeah, it's it's worth absolutely nothing. It was, uh, you know, one of the things I was giggling about was like, you got these two kids, young kids who are both not happy being here for, you know, like a week, right? They're not happy about that. Yeah. And she drops it on me like, look like we're staying here for the whole summer. <laughs> <laughs> Because we don't have anywhere else to go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. 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 Her character is mom, but all rage towards the situation and her father, right? Anytime that she's on screen, she, you know, people are telling her, oh, yeah, the dirt farmer, the dirt farmer, the dirt farmer. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about that guy. Yeah. He was just farming dirt the entire time. Nothing grows up there. Yep. And she's just getting more outraged that, like, wait, so he left me as a child to come out here, and he doesn't have any friends or anything. He literally stayed to himself out here. Like, there was a lot of question marks, and she thought she was going to get answers. And, you know, the first hour, hour and a half of the movie, she's not getting the answers that she's looking for. Right. She's like, oh, maybe I can find out why you get the feeling that she's like, maybe I can find out why he's out here, why he moved out here, why he did his thing. But everybody she encounters, it's like, nope, 
he was a weird ass dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, bought some weird stuff. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she was real fun. I mean, she she was a good. I think everybody in this movie had a good comedic aspect to them. Yeah, but not not over the top to where you kind of lost sight of their like actual character. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Copy. Uh, something that we never talk about are the amazing vehicles in these movies, man, that we watch. I mean, let's talk about our top phase, bro, for a second. Yeah, man. That Ashton Martin DB5 from James Bond, acclaimed, just mm. fantastic. That mm-hmm. 89 Batmobile. Tim Burton's Batmobile, Michael Keaton's Batmobile, just yes. badass, iconic. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not a muscle car type of guy, but Eleanor, that 67 Mustang yeah. Shelby GT500 from Gone in 60 Seconds. Whew. Got me there. Oh, that's a perfect car, man. <laughs> you know, and probably super iconic, more than any of those other ones, is that DeLorean Time Machine from Back to the Future. Yes. Like, that was a character itself, and Just fantastic, brother. Just classic dope vehicles that helped out their protagonist to get through the, their movie, man. What are some of your favorites? Of course, the DeLorean. 100% agree with that one. Oh, fantastic. Mine are a lot of muscle cars, man. Uh, 1977 Pontiac Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. Fire. Dom's 1970 Charger from the first Fast and the Furious. Interesting fact, I have a photo next to one of those cars that I took at Universal Studios when I was younger. Ooh, ooh, nice. nice. Uh, 1958 Plymouth Fury from Christine. And that Ferrari 250 GT from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Dude, that one from Ferris Bueller's, man, is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite? Well, it's going to have definitely have to be Dom's Charger overall. Uh, just American muscle. No matter where you go, these things make a statement. Yeah. What about you? Which one would you choose? It's that DB5, man. It's the ultimate spy car. Like, I love James Bond. I always wanted to be a spy. Uh, you know, this car has pop-out gun barrels behind the front headlights, revolving license plate, a champagne cooler in the armrest, smoke screen, oil slick. This car just screams badassery, man. Like, I wouldn't use any of those things, but super cool. Let me ask you a question, though. Do you have to have a license to kill to drive it? You know what? You probably should. (laughs) (laughs) All right, team. So we want to hear about your favorite movie vehicles. You know the socials. Movie in a Pod on Facebook and that Movie in a Pod on Twitter and Instagram. All right, man, we got um, People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive coming up next, bro. And I'm a little mad at Paul Rudd because, like, I, you know, I submit my photos every year to this magazine to be in the top 50. And I, I have never been above Paul Rudd ever this year. I don't know if it was the pandemic. I don't know because I, I just don't know. But they put me at number 51. So 
People Magazine's 50 Sexiest People, and I've been the 51st person three years in a row, bro. Come on. Okay? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, bro. You're going to put me on five one, bro? I can't even make it to the magazine? A little upset about that. But. <laughs> so, yes, damn you, Paul Rudd, okay? <laughs> they, they don't give you a plaque for 51st? They don't you give don't you nothing? No, they, they, hey, bro, I got a <laughs> People Magazine slid in my DMs with a thumbs up emoji, bro. That was it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the man who does not age at all, Paul Rudd, uh, is Gary Gruberson, Phoebe's uh, middle school science teacher who starts to date uh, Callie, the mom. And this dude is a seismologist, but <laughs> he's a horrible, it's summertime, he's a horrible summer school science teacher. Like, literally the <laughs> worst. <laughs> but he's but he's also the biggest ghostbuster fanboy oh yeah yeah every time you know he sees the trap he gets so excited uh when they're messing with the trap that whole the whole part from where he sees the trap till they (laughs) like open the trap he's he's so happy about it and he was he was one of my favorites. Yeah. I still, I think, I mean, McKenna Grace obviously did fantastic, but I mean, it's Paul Rudd, man. And Paul Rudd he, is the man. Yeah, exactly. He actually played like a good part of this movie. Like he was in the movie a lot more than I kind of expected him to be mm-hmm. just cause he was kind of that teacher, you know, but yeah, just Ghostbuster fanboy, man. It's fantastic. <laughs> And I feel like it was real too, right? You know what? That and that's the question, right? Like it's the reason why I think we like Paul Rudd so much. And I'll be—I I love movies. You love movies. What we do, and we talk to other people. We don't just talk to each other. We talk to other people about movies as well. But I've never—I have never met anybody who was like, "Oh, Paul Rudd, that guy." Ill, no, right? Everybody's like, "Oh, dude, yeah. love Paul <laughs> Paul Rudd," right? How do you not yeah. love this guy? So like he. It's almost like you believe him in everything that he does. Like he really yeah. is a Ghostbusters fanboy. Like 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 me and you. Yeah. So, right. right. <laughs> so that that yeah. his his character was just fun, phenomenal, and just him and the Walmart scene, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude. When he slides through the window. <laughs> The car. <laughs> that was the whole theater. The whole theater was. I mean, I say the whole theater it was like a gigantic theater with like ten people. In it, but, you know, yeah, we all had a good time. Yeah, we definitely had a good time. We had. It was an early showing, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So he his character was just hilarious the entire time. Uh, yeah, made definitely added the, those comedy bits to the movie. And like I said, with the rehashing of the first one, you know, this this does tell the continuation of Gozar, you know, with her demon dogs, as you saw in the trailer. And I mean, it does continue, but it really tells us it tells us the beginning of why Gozar appeared that tower or why was that tower the place? 
Right. There was so much backstory, and yeah. <laughs> and he he played a big part of us understanding and painting that picture of the backstory as well, because he's a teacher out there in this small town, um, and he's really more interested in the earthquakes that happen, but can't really figure it out until Phoebe comes along, and their relationship is cool, man, because. Everybody thinks that she's super weird, except for Gary. Gary thinks she's just a normal, you know, kid, and she's just intelligent and cute and all this stuff. And, you know, Phoebe's mom, Callie, is just like, uh, no, dude, she's weird as shit, <laughs> right? He's like, no, no, not at all, right? So so you <laughs> yeah. see that, like, yeah, you see that quick that. connection with, between the two, man. <laughs> so, I, Yeah. Yeah, uh, what was it? She says that, like, real corny joke. And he's like, was that a geology joke? <laughs> oh, I really liked it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they both do not laugh at it. But neither of them laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, neither of them laugh. They just kind of. Yeah, her her dad jokes were, were pretty on point, man. I, I thoroughly loved it. I, yeah. I'm a sucker for a dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the sets real quick, man. So we're it's it's weird. It's very strange for me, right? I you think iconically, you think Ghostbusters, uh even the the Ghostbusters answer the call, you think beautiful NYC, right? Uh the first two movies were in the city in the eighties, New York, busting ghosts, doing the thing, right? The female-led re- reboot takes us in the fake NYC, right? Where you're you're in a city, but it kind of looks too colorful and, and, and cute and stuff. Um, and Afterlife, it just... We're just in the Midwest, bro. Born-ass Oklahoma, right? <laughs> Dirt. Dirt everywhere. But I, but I, like, the weird thing is, like, I actually thoroughly enjoyed this concept, right? Uh, it's just a different aesthetic than we're used to, right? We're used to tall buildings. We're used to yeah. the dirty kind of New York City. This was cool, man. This was cool taking us out of our out of the the norm. Like I said, it it's all based on that backstory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it gave them more room to let these kids kind of do what they want to do, you know be kind of hard for them to really to hop into ecto one downtown you know new york and yeah just go cruising and blowing stuff up <laughs> <laughs> so so it really gave that opportunity for the kids to be able to you know the guy he doesn't have a license he just starts driving the car they're driving all over the town in the car oh yeah shooting the proton pack uh blowing stuff up <laughs> and they end up in in jail and it's real i'm trying to think of the best word for it um, small town jail, bro. It's small. It's it's small town America. Yeah. It's Midwest. It's like two cells in there. Yeah, <laughs> and and the and the, the, parent, and the sheriff's daughter was in the other one, <laughs> chilling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that opportunity to to keep the story moving. I guess you know, the parents show up, take their kids, and it keeps moving forward. You know, and then the city that wouldn't happen. It wouldn't have been able to happen that way. No, and, not at all. There have been lawyers and arrangements and stuff. Yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I definitely respect of of moving the the story to the Midwest and making it alive, and I I love it because everything is connected. Why 
Egon went out there. Okay, the family's out there yeah. now um, after he passes away. And, and everything just starts connecting about what the importance of this town and it's everything's unraveled. And that was the most fun about this, man. We as an audience, we're out of New York where we are, we are stuck in Somerville, uh, Oklahoma in this small mining town, but you're, you're there, you're in it as a Ghostbusters fan. Who's used to New York. You're there, you're in it. And you're really just, What's next? What's what's happening? Everything's just unraveling as yeah, it keeps dude. going because you just want to know like why, 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 why. I love that aspect. And it's so good. Oh, dude. Like, yeah. I mean the 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 action we get like by far my favorite. You know, we watched it one time. We're in the theater, but right now my favorite is just Phoebe in the gunner seat of the Ecto one. <laughs> that is pretty bad. And they're just doing their driving through town and the 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 RC trap that scene. Oh, I wanted to see that from when we saw it in the trailer, and it lived up to what I wanted. Oh, dude, yeah. It was badass. <laughs> it was so badass. And that's why I said, you know, that Ecto-1 is now the character, right? Now we can say the one's got a gunner seat and got some other stuff going on inside of it that we never saw before. Right? Not only is it a, a vehicle to get from A to B, and we just get our proton packs out and go into the hotel or the museum or whatever, but yeah. like it's a living character where, I, didn't it make the movie poster? Like, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's part of it's it. It's a character, man. I love that you added that. I mean, honestly, once he finds it, it's in there for the rest of the movie, right? There, it's literally in there for the rest of the movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of when it uh, exited, but it did not. It never, it does. never does, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the way through the man, end. This thing's driving him all over the place. I mean, that's a long way to run, though. You gotta have a car. <laughs> you gotta have it's a lot of A lot of traveling out there. Yeah, man, you can't so, just run, run from great. city block to city block, so not yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. Those are country miles, okay? <laughs> yeah. All right, man, so let's talk about the theme of, of this movie, man. Um, and we kind of discussed it going through the plot and the characters and everything. This is a movie about uh, believing in yourself, um, knowing no matter what, you know, doing what is right, no matter what the cost is, right? The cost for Egon to go out into this small town was family, was friendship, was love. Uh, but he had to do the thing that he believed in. Um, you know, and that story resonates with Phoebe as well, man. She's going to do what she has to do no matter what, no matter, you know, the the um sheriff and the deputy was talking junk her her mom doesn't believe her uh her brother thinks she's super weird she's definitely believing in herself and <laughs> following in the footsteps of egon man yeah and like i'm not a big softy for like family drama family movies and everything man but it was something about this movie in particular bro this was a really good family movie like Family, as far as like going to see it in the theater, yes, but family dynamic in the movie itself with the characters and how they interact with each other, and then you know, everybody getting their comeuppance at the end just fabulous, man. Some watery eyes once in a while. Oh, man. I mean, I, I dropped one, yeah. just one though, dude. I'm a gangster, yeah. all right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> It all comes out in one tier. One tier, bro. And I'm, out, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> done, son. <laughs> All 
right, JV. So that is our conversation about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, yeah, man, I, I I love this movie. What what were your thoughts, man? How many buckets of popcorn do you give it? Oh man, this thing's getting a five, just like the other two. Yeah, it's not just the nostalgia factor, but just a good movie just on its own man i i really enjoyed it and honestly it's you know it's pushing up there with the other two as far as being it's hard to pick which one is would be my favorite i guess now five buckets and as soon as this thing's out i'm buying it yeah <laughs> about you man i own ghostbusters and ghostbusters 2 and then like i think the first mm-hmm. season of the the cartoon it came into this like Walmart pack I bought like seven, eight years years ago, man, and just love it. This movie as an addition, I, you know, I want the whole like Blu-ray set now. Nobody even does Blu-rays and crap anymore, but like, you know what? Damn it, I'm gonna have it. This movie <laughs> is an easy five buckets for me. I love the character development. I love the small town story. I love the mystery. The unraveling of the mystery, even though we're still we're dealing with Gozer, the devil dogs, but we get all that backstory and the understanding as to why. So it's like, you know, it's not even a retcon. It's just a continuation. And we're like, yo, this is why 84 happened. Uh, You know, this is why this crap is happening in 2021. Uh, It was a countdown, right? That was that's a cool element. Podcast was just the funny bone of the movie and just that family dynamic, man, just had me with that one tear, bro. I was, I was done. So easy five buckets, highly recommend seeing this in the theater on the big screen. Do not wait till it drops on your big ass 70 inch television. Okay. Go see it in the theater, bro. All right, guys, thank you for subscribing to this week's episode, talking through Ghostbusters afterlife. Next week, we'll be talking through I Love You Man. And that is streaming on Paramount Plus. I am Clyde Smith, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as I am Clyde D. Smith. I'm Javier Villalobos, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MrJ8200. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.